This is CliffCentral.com. Recently, a young entrepreneur named Sibusi Sengwenya, the founder of Skinny Spoo Socks, was causing a stir all over social media, but seemingly for the wrong reasons. During an interview on a live television talk show hosted by the SABC, Sibu Siso made some fairly strong and rather emotional comments. These didn't go down well and seemed to have done him and his business a bit of a disservice. If you didn't see the interview, here are some of his comments. For the sake of time, we've edited these down, but his remarks remain unaltered. What I want to happen right now, I need, I, 2019, to keep the business up, and be profitable, I need uh, a cash injection of 5 million rands. Okay. Tulani. I don't need solutions. Bus- I, need, I need 5 million rands. Business solutions, that's your area of expertise. What, what is your suggested solution to a problem like this, to an entrepreneur who could be in the situation that Tulani finds himself in? I'm sure you've heard of the term, uh, it's, it's not personal, it's business. In business, you can't get emotional. You need to take the emotions out and focus on but facts. Tulani, you need to um, understand um, um, right um, now yeah, that I do not need, I do not okay. need solutions. Okay, Tulani. I need money. Okay, okay. Tulani, to I, I'm, I'm interested in, no, no, uh, let me in, in the interest of this discussion, mm. I need to share that point. Mm. Please continue. Okay. I'll give you your closing remarks. Okay. Let, let me hear that. For an investor to invest in your business, one of the major forecasting that they look at is your, is your sales. That's one of the main things that they look at. For me to give you five million, I need to know that I can get it back. You've got to prove to me that you can give it back. And that's where now we need to tackle it. Your closing remarks, sir, moving forward. Um, I just want to thank everybody at home for supporting Skinny Smooth Socks for the past five years. Love you, man. And for us to to go to the next level and really um, take the business mainstream, because the numbers have been clocking and really have been doing nothing. I, I want my brand to be available across five big retailers in the country. And for me to achieve that, I, I need a lot of cash injection. But, but I hope that you know that anger is not going to work for you, right? I'm an angry black man. No. Okay. All right. How do you feel after hearing that? Comments on social media included people calling him arrogant, entitled, spoiled, and perhaps you feel something similar. Knowing that he refers to himself online as a celebrity entrepreneur, you may feel your feelings are all the more justified. There were also one or two seemingly kinder individuals calling for understanding and sympathy, and there is a case for this as well that we'll share in a bit. My first reaction was to wonder, how did things go so wrong that he now needs 5 million rand? He was running what seemed to be a successful business for a number of years. He's been in popular magazines, he was on TV, he's been on radio. My second reaction was to ask, Where to from here for him? I can't see too many investors clamoring to assist him after that display. So in true future CEO's form, we decided to help Spoo and any other entrepreneurs in a similar situation to him. We reached out to a few friends of ours in the venture capital space to help us figure out a way forward for skinny Spoo socks. My name is Gareth Armstrong and you're listening to a future CEO's podcast. This is our Ask an Expert feature where we reach out to those with a great deal of experience in a particular area of focus to help us with a problem we're facing or a question we have. Today we're talking funding, scaling and venture capital, but worth a twist. Unfortunately, it doesn't come across very well if you're trying to attract uh, people into your business because he does come across a bit uh, emotional, a bit um, arrogant almost. Mm. Um, 
and, and in fairness to him, as I said, one has not had an opportunity to appreciate exactly what has brought him to this point. But mm. certainly that's how he comes across. And, and I think, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur who's trying to put himself out there, uh, in front of p- possible future investors, you know, he needs to find a way of managing, uh, his, his emotions because, I mean, investors do look at things like that. Mm. They look at a person's character. Uh, over and above some of the advice that he was given in studio around having a teachable spirit. I think those things are very, very important because you don't want to be invested in somebody who, who, who you might think is irate and maybe irrational mm-hmm. because you don't know how they are then going to treat your money once they, once you have parted with, with uh, your money uh, for their benefit. So, so I thought he could have possibly handled himself a little bit better than what he did. The most important thing to me, which I think unfortunately Spoo hasn't got is, he's not a listener. And I think one of the most important attributes of an entrepreneur, for me anyway, as a venture capitalist, the first, I call it the five C's, but the one C is coachability. Mm. And it's the most, probably the most important thing for me. I'm not going to invest in an entrepreneur. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how successful they are. If if they're not coachable and they're going to think their five or 10 years experience is better than my 33 years experience, Mm. and it's not they have to take my answers. Just at least listen, let's debate. As I always say, two two heads come together, you create a third, and the third is better than the individual one. But he's not coachable anymore. So I think he's he's so stuck in he's drinking his own Kool-Aid, I've got all the answers, I just need capital, and he's not prepared to listen to anyone. He's just drinking too much of his own Kool-Aid. That's unfortunate because I think he sounds like an impressive guy, but he's got the answers before he you know, he doesn't want to listen to any feedback, any any uh, anything that might be negative about his business or maybe that he could do differently or better. He doesn't want to hear it. Those are the voices of longtime friends of future CEOs Paula Leteka and Clive Butko. Here's a quick introduction. Paula Leteka is our very own South African dragon from Dragon's Den, South Africa. She's also the co-founder and CEO of IDF Capital. She's an accountant by training and has many years' experience in both the public and private sectors of South Africa. The areas of experience include accounting and auditing, corporate finance, investment banking, public policy formulation, venture capital, and private equity in the SME sector. Clive Butko is the CEO of Kalon Venture Partners, a disruptive digital technology venture capital fund, and is also the former COO, Chief Operating Officer, of Accenture South Africa with over 28 years of management consulting experience. What I so like about Clive and Paula is that they both call something like they see it. And with the many years of experience that they have, how they see things is often with a great deal more clarity than certainly I do anyway. After understanding their first reactions, I wanted to understand how they feel about Spoo calling himself a celebrity entrepreneur. Why? Well, this title is not just a set of random words that mean nothing. As you will have experienced in your life and career, a title can mean a great deal to someone and definitely impacts the way we feel about ourselves and the way we behave. Yeah, I think build a business first and then become the celebrity. Don't try and become the celebrity while you're building the business. I think the focus is wrong. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities who have built big, big businesses and made lots of money and then they become celebrities. And that's fair enough. They've got something to boast around, and they've got something to, you know, to stand up on that mantle and say, I've done it. But I don't think trying to do it while you're building a business, I think you've got to get your focus right. Your focus on your business or is your focus on being a celebrity? And I don't think the two go together personally. I think he needs to decide what he is. He's either a celebrity or he's an entrepreneur. Mm, okay. If he's first and foremost uh, an entrepreneur who happens to have a very strong brand, mm. 
uh, the, the the clever thing to do is to again see how you leverage off that brand so that you can build your business. Mm. You, you see what I mean? So it, it it shouldn't be the other way around. He shouldn't be chasing the publicity and the popularity. He should rather be saying, well, since I happen to be popular and 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 I happen to have a, a good a public profile, how do I leverage off that? Because there is equity in that. There's brand equity in that. How mm. do I leverage off that so that on the business side I actually start seeing the the the, the benefits of of that public persona, mm. but not the other way around. And I think he needs to get the direction. Uh, right uh, in that regard I love this lesson Decide what you are and what you do And go and do it Next I wanted to talk about Sibu Sisu's frame of mind And the anger he refers to feeling And I think it's really important That we all understand that entrepreneurs The world over feel and experience I think this. as an entrepreneur you've got to be able to Live with failure and success You know, Failure is the highway to success So this is the roller coaster ride Is part of being an entrepreneur The mm-hmm. highs are high and the lows are low and he's having some lows, but what you can't do is fall apart either on those lows. And he has, unfortunately, which is, which is sad, you know, and I'm not criticizing what's happened. It's very, very, it's extremely sad what's happened, but he clearly can't take that, uh, those lows. And he, he's not able to be objective anymore about how he can actually build a business. So I think, unfortunately, he might be a fantastic entrepreneur, but he's letting his emotions take charge of, of, of just rational and logic. And you can't run this business by emotions. You know, it's, it's a gut feeling, and, and gut stands for gave up thinking. Mm. You know, you can't run it on gut. You've got to run it on, on an intellectual basis, and he's got to base it on the data and base it on the facts. And I think, unfortunately, he's got himself into a complete rut. Mm. And, and it happens, you know, I'll tell you, some of the most successful entrepreneurs, and I, I did a, a, a post the other day or a blog, and, and I spoke about what these guys need. They're an incredible bias for action. They, you know, they, they're the type of guys that don't like too much rigor and discipline. They want to break the rules. One of the things these guys can do is burn themselves out. And the biggest risk of successful entrepreneurs, and I speak for myself, is burn themselves out. And I think he's burnt himself out. And he just needs to get back on that horse and get back on there and say, and, and use that as a learning experience and go back, get a coach, get mentors, and actually listening to them and helping him get his business back on track. But he has burnt himself out, and that's not an indictment on an entrepreneur. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best entrepreneurs. After all that's been said and done, we're not left with an altogether hopeful case for skinny spoo socks. This is why I reached out to Paulo and Clive to help us rebuild the case, to offer some next steps and opportunities that are still available to Spoo to save the business and get the investment he needs. I asked both of them for the five things they suggest he do. Not surprisingly, being both experienced business people and investors, their suggestions were quite similar. And where they varied, I was able to choose my favorites because I am, after all, the host of the Future CEO Show. Maybe first things first, he needs to decide what problem he's trying to solve, right? Because he did say in the interview that he's selling something that people don't really need. Right. So it's an aspirational product, I suppose. So he needs to think about within that aspirational space, what is it that people are yearning for? Mm. Right. And that is the problem he needs to be seeking to solve. And then selling socks is one of many ways to solve that problem. problem. And once he thinks about it in that fashion, I honestly think that's when he's going to start thinking about, okay, maybe people also aspire to wear funky ties, you know, or people aspire to wear funky shoes uh, or whatever it is. And then, then he'll start hopefully, um, Solving that problem in a, in, in a multiple of, of, of ways. Mm. Uh, and again, leveraging off that brand because there is already brand equity that says this guy comes up with very fun socks or happy socks or whatever you want to call it. So how do you then play off that happiness or yeah, that take fun? that next step? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I think that is the one thing that he probably needs to think about as he's building a business. 
We've all heard the adage, scratch your own itch, to help us discover problems we're able to solve. But beyond just deciding on the problem you're addressing, Paulo seems to be highlighting in the case of skinny spoo socks, that without this problem, without a very clear problem, there may be very likely no future for the business. I like it. Let's move to the next one. Number two comes from Clive. I think what he needs is a co-founder to complement his weaknesses. I think his passion is unbelievable. I think his commitment is unbelievable. You can see he's got all the those the perseverance, the passion, you know, the, the, the people. I think the one thing he's missing is maybe like a, a co-founder. And, and I think you'll need a co-founder to, to bounce those ideas off. Again, you'd have to be coachable. Somebody can trust and they could run this business together post him. He is trying to do everything himself. He says the manufacturing, his distribution, his retail, his sales, his marketing. He's trying to do everything himself, and mm. unfortunately, none of us—not him, not me, not not you, not none of us—can have all the skills and have all the bandwidth to do everything. And eventually, that's where the burnout comes from. You're trying to do too much, and eventually, you just get burnt out and you get depressed because you know, like, give as an example, I can understand it. You know, his big client he was in Truers, I think, not Truers, um, Markham's. Yeah, no, not Markham's. He was in that company that closed down. So he had 15 stores or something like that oh, that yeah. closed down. Yeah, that's a huge blow in your confidence. It's a huge blow in all the effort that you that you put in. You've got into this big box store, and and the and the and the store closes down, and and there's nothing to do with you. You know, it's not it's not personal. It's business. And unfortunately, because he hasn't got any backup, I think he's, I just think he's trying to do he's trying to be everything to everyone, and he's becoming nothing to no one. And mm. and I think that's where his depression has come from. I think he's. He's, he's just burnt himself out. He's just doing too much alone, opposed to getting help. He shouldn't be doing the manufacturing himself. He should be outsourcing that manufacturing. And I'm going to come back to the question about what he should be doing differently. He shouldn't be the manufacturer. You've mm. got to stick to your strengths. What's his strength? He sounds like he's probably a fantastic salesperson. He's got into these big box stores. He's got on the internet. He's built a, a brand. Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant what he's achieved. Brilliant. But I think he's trying to do too much. You can't build a business by yourself. No one. You know, it's like a soccer team. You, you're trying to be the goalkeeper, the defenders, the midfielders, the, the forwards. And you're trying to be, be everything, and you can't be good at everything. You can't put 11 spews in a soccer team and say you've got a great team. You're not going to have a great team. Mm. You're going to have a great defender or a great goalkeeper or a great something else. But he's playing to his strengths and his weaknesses. And the problem when you, when you, when you spend too much time on your weakness area, it actually creates a lot of stress. And I think he's not, he, his expertise is probably sales and evangelism maybe even being the CEO, but he's trying to do everything. So he's in the stress. When you're not in your strength zone, you get very, very stressed. And I think that's part and parcel of what's happened to him around his, his, his emotional state and, and his depression. On a particular project that I was running, someone asked me the question, do I have a co-founder? And my response to him at the time was, no, I do not. His immediate reply to my answer was, you're going to fail. I think that's part of the point that Clive is highlighting here. If we do not have a co-founder, the likelihood that we are going to be able to get to everything is very low. A co-founder is essential. Let's move on. I, I would look at competition. You know, who is he competing with and what are they doing? And uh, is he, you know, is he ahead of the pack? Mm. What, is, what is unique about him? Why should I invest in him versus another sock maker, you know, uh, so, so, and that, that, that's why the point I was making earlier around what problem is he trying to solve? Because I don't think he's trying to solve the problem of people not having socks. That's mm. certainly not the problem he's trying to solve. So trying to see within the space that he is playing, who are the other players and how are they 
uh, addressing that problem that he's trying to solve and so that I can determine whether he's he's the jockey worth me backing versus the other five jockeys mm. that are that are in town and that's why he then has to really work on his unique value proposition he has to be able to convince an investor that he is the best jockey uh, that is most likely to give me my five million rand plus a return within a reasonable period of time. Yeah, it's that idea of why are you uniquely positioned mm. to be able to solve this problem? Mm. I, I mm. think that's the question that, that needs to be asked Absolutely. or answered. So I think you have to take a step back and say, what, can I, what am I doing well in this business? Let's continue doing this. What am we doing badly in this business? Either stop doing it or find someone else to, to, to do it with. So I think the first thing he's got to do is look at his business. He mentioned he's doing three parts of his business. He's doing Internet, he says, doing very well, so absolutely continuous. He said yeah. corporate is doing very well. I think to branded socks, is doing very well. Continue mm-hmm. doing it. He said the retail stuff he's really struggling with. So maybe what he has to do in the short term is focus on what you're doing well at. Cut out what you're not doing well Just at. Pull back, at least yeah. you can get to, yes, you might become a slightly smaller business, but at least you can then start focusing on how to get to profitability in the areas that he's really good at. And build the skills and build that part of the business because that's what he's doing well at. But he's trying to spend a lot of time in the, in the parts that he's not doing well at. And retail is really, really hard because why is he struggling? He needs $5 million because he needs to build all this working capital. If you want to get to retail, you've got to manufacture the socks. They then hold the stock. They don't pay you until they sell it or they pay you on 60 or 90, 120 days. It's killing him. Mm. It's absolutely killing his business. Where if you do make the order through the internet, you can make it once you've got the order in. If you do it for for corporates, you can make it when you need it. So you don't need all that working capital. Where you need working capital is retail. And I'll tell you, retail, and I know I've, I've helped businesses going to retail before. It's so hard. It's mm. so capital intensive. It sucks. Growth sucks cash. And he's realizing this now. The more he's trying to get into retail, it's sucking his cash out of the business. Mm. That's why he's saying he needs five million, needs five million, needs five million. But I don't think five million will solve the problem here because if he hasn't got a business model that's working in retail, the money's not necessarily going to solve the problem. Let's focus on those two areas. Let's get this business to profitability. Let's re- let me spend all my effort and energy on the internet, which is a brilliant, brilliant site. Got a brand, build his brand, use social media. Yep. But I think he's focusing on too much too soon. So for me, he probably has to cut his business back to grow to a, to a much bigger size. That's, that's what I would do. I would stop the retail stuff. It's too capital intensive. He hasn't got the capital and go into it later. Once he's got enough capital, he could even fund it out of cash flow or maybe an investor would come in. But I'll spend the money on inbound on, on, the, on the Internet and get some really expert marketing people to help him with that through social media and build his brand. It sounds like he's got something special. He needs to focus on his, what he's good at. But he's trying to go, he's trying to, go to, to you know, do, do this horizontal thing opposed to getting deep vertically. Yeah. I think he should rather go to deep vertically in the two that's working than the one that's not working. Because that's the one that's killing him. That's the one that you need so much working capital. There's a really good French quote, which I'm not going to try and say because I'll butcher it, but its translation essentially says or means taking a step back so that you can jump further. And that's what Clive is saying here. We're getting to the end of the conversation, and there are one or two more gems that I do want to include. Here they are. I would look back and say, okay, what lessons have we learned and how are we then bringing back those lessons into the business so that it can improve, so that we can improve the performance of the business? Mm. And what are we going to be doing differently going forward? And how convinced am I as an investor that, in fact, when I put in the 5 million rand and we do X, Y, and Z differently to how we did it in the past, indeed, I'm going to start seeing that value accretion. So mm. those are the questions, those are the conversations that I would have with him to say, what have, we, what have you learned? What mistakes have you made? What have you learned? Let's be honest about them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because mistakes are actually very important learnings yeah, in business. Absolutely. If you don't make mistakes, then you're not learning. Then it means you're not improving. I actually, I, I, I don't know if Gil said it to me or if it was something that I read that he had said, but um, a, a friend of yours, Gil, mm-hmm. over, uh, he said, present two entrepreneurs in front of me and one of them has never failed and one of them has failed and they come equally yoked, coming for the same investment. He's, he's going to go with the person that has failed and pick themselves up a couple of times rather than the person that's never failed. Absolutely. Do, do you feel the same way? Absolutely. And that's why I was saying, what are the lessons that you've learned? Mm. Because you learn lessons based on mistakes that you make. And if you've never made a mistake, my goodness, then you're going to make your f- first mistake with my money. Mm. No, I don't want that. I would mm. rather, Interesting. Yeah, I would rather you've made 10 mistakes and you've learned 10 important lessons because you're not going to, you're unlikely to repeat those mistakes again. Whereas if you've never failed, I could be that guy who's who's got the bad luck way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, essentially, you're gambling with my money. No, I, I would rather go for the guy who's failed as well. Well, your key phrase there, and, I, and I'm going to remember this one, is <laughs> are, you, are you going to be the person that makes your first mistake with my money? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that doesn't sound very interesting to me either. <laughs> the interesting part for me in this particular point is that you de-risk yourself when you open yourself up and allow investors and venture capitalists to see the mistakes that you've made. Counterintuitive, perhaps, to the this idea that we need to always present the best part of ourselves to people. In this particular instance, because of the relationship, because of the nature of the relationship, investors and venture capitalists need to be able to see the underbelly so that they can decide or determine whether you are the right risk profile that matches their risk appetite. Here's number five, a final key point from Clive that will take us to the end of this conversation. Go look at your numbers because I'll tell you something. One thing is data is the new gold. Data never lies. Emotions lie, data does. Don't look at each of your SKUs that you're selling. Go look at your different retail channels. Are you actually making money in Markham's? Did you make any money in that in that in that store that um, true was not true was Swashini that closed out? Did you actually make money there? Are you making money in in in, um, in markets? And look at all the costs, all the revenues, your working capital, how long you're holding it for. Are you making money? Come and tell me that, because I would love to say to the entrepreneur right here and say, Screw tell, tell me, are you making money in markets? And if you can't answer the question. We have another problem here. He hasn't got the financial skills to run a business. Do we have the financial skills to run, to build, to scale a business? All is not lost if we don't. We can surround ourselves with the right people, with the requisite skills, and that's what any good entrepreneur and business leader does anyway. I would caution, though, that uh, if you don't understand finance, it's probably something that you should be learning. You never want to be in a position where someone can kind of wave your questions off because they know better they understand the language of finance well that was a great conversation i think that there are some key opportunities here that sibu siso is able to take advantage of to save his business and to secure funding there is a lot more to these conversations than what we were able to share today. I really, really hope that we're going to be able to share more of these learnings in different podcasts. Alternatively, go onto social media, ask your questions. Invariably, the learning that we get from these types of individuals and these types of conversations comes out when we're answering people's questions on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, and more. On that note, if you have a question you'd like us to pose to experts and business leaders in our network, 
please make sure to drop us a line. You can go to our website to do that, future-ceos.com, or alternatively, on social media. And we'd be more than happy to sit with our experts in a studio environment, asking them your questions so that we can empower you and empower the rest of our Future CEOs community. I'm Gareth Armstrong. I hope you enjoyed this Future CEOs Ask an Expert conversation. This is CliffCentral.com.